Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I am the Bull, and this is See the Bull Ski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, and wellness. If you listened to my last session, I talked about a concept called Nixon and the benefits of doing nothing. I know it sounds a little counterintuitive, but it actually makes sense if you understand the concept. So please check it out if you haven't already done so. And if you did check it out, I hope you took some downtime for yourself and got to experience the benefits yourself. As for today, I have a topic that I've wanted to discuss for a while, and I really think now is the time. I like to search around the internet and you know be on different social media pages and see what's going on in people's lives. And I came across this post from a supervisor that was having a hard time holding people accountable. I'm paraphrasing, but this person said that they found it difficult to hold people accountable and doing so caused them to reflect and question their leadership capabilities. And they were looking for advice about how to hold people accountable without beating themselves up. I think this is something that quite a few people struggle with. And I think to an extent, your personality can definitely come into play. Holding people accountable does require a level of comfort with conflict and uncomfortable conversations or dealing with the fear of ruining a relationship in the work center. But I'm pretty sure I'm not alone when I say that, you know, accountability is definitely needed in any kind of work center. And when you have a leader who either can't or refuses to hold people accountable, it really causes more issues and impacts the whole team. I could probably spend hours talking about accountability, but I don't think anybody wants to hear me preaching about my perspectives on accountability for that long, or maybe you do, and that's why you're here. Uh, But I'm gonna try and keep this one simple, so hopefully you get some perspectives to consider if you too are also having a hard time holding people accountable. So let's get into it. Uh, Accountability is something that I've heard people ask for, beg for, and demand for almost my entire career. Not necessarily from me, but just in general. I remember being younger and seeing people flat out ignoring the standards or expectations and not only not being held accountable, but in some cases they were getting praised or, you know, they were being treated like the proverbial golden child. And it really affected me. Like I may not be perfect, but I really do try to do the right thing. And when I see and saw these people willfully ignoring what was expected of them and then, you know, in some cases even being praised for it, it hurts and it's infuriating because it's a betrayal of a social contract in the work center that I'm a part of. Standards are crucial for putting everybody on the same foot and helping to ensure, you know, fair and safe, fair, safe, equitable treatment. Are there standards that I don't agree with? Yeah, absolutely. No question. But I am a firm believer that your individual feelings about a reg or a standard or whatever, they do not justify your unwillingness to comply. You know, in the military, we have a mission to accomplish and the rules are in place for a reason. We may not always agree with them, but unless they're illegal, immoral, unethical or unsafe, we are expected to follow them. You know, if there's an issue, it should be addressed and changed rather than just ignored. Ignoring standards really does set a bad precedent that impacts the entire structure that you're a part of. And if you're ignoring people ignoring the standards, even more so. Sometimes all that needs to happen, though, is an explanation of why the standard is what it is. But, you know, we will get to that. Now, I'm largely speaking from a military standpoint, but the idea holds true for any work environment. The rules are the rules, and if you aren't willing to you know, work to get them changed, you probably just don't like that they're a perceived impediment to you, and you might be the reason that the standard exists in the first place. So I found this article from whatfix.com that talks about accountability, and it shared 11 tips to holding people accountable, and I really like it, so I wanna share some of the, well, all of the tips with you. So here we go. Uh, Speaking from a leadership perspective, leaders should first hold themselves accountable. Like this is very straightforward and it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine. Again, coming from the military, we have a solid rank structure and my opinion has always been that those with rank should hold themselves to the highest standards as a, wait for it, role model to others. 
right? Too often you have people that get to like a certain rank and basically walk around showing that the rules don't apply to them. And how infuriating is that? When you see someone that outranks you blatantly doing something that you just corrected somebody else for, like you just corrected somebody else for that same thing, or it's something that you just got corrected for. I'll give you an example. A long time ago, I had this commander that failed their PT test. And you know, failures happen, it is what it is. But what made the situation unbearable was that this particular person was not only not held accountable, like no paperwork, no mandatory PT, nothing. This person also walked around telling other people that he failed and it was okay. And because of his rank, position, blah, blah, he had more important duties. And here's the kicker. He would typically be the first person to write people up, try to take rank, move people for separation for the very thing that he failed. Like he had the gall during one occasion that I was involved in to berate a member for failing their PT test right after he failed. And how much, you know, he told this person how much of a dirtbag they were. Like seriously? Now this happened over 10 years ago and it still bothers me. I didn't know how to handle it at the time, you know, how to address it because I was much younger. But it didn't sit right with me back then and it definitely wouldn't sit right with me now. If you're gonna uphold the standard, you best be doing your best to uphold it yourself, right? Otherwise, you, you're coming across as a hypocrite. The added problem with leaders not starting with themselves is that eventually your people kinda start to see you as a hypocrite and it impacts their loyalty, the commitment, professionalism, and everything else that is needed for a cohesive team to function. You don't have to be perfect, but you do need to show that you're trying your best to live by the standards that you're expecting others to follow. Make sense? Cool. All right, number two. Number two is setting clear expectations. Having the competence as a leader to know what needs to be done and why it needs to be done is a fundamental component for people to trust in their leaders and you know trust in the team. Everyone has a part to play, and yes, everybody has different strengths, but leaders are supposed to recognize how to leverage those strengths and that benefit the entire team. Taking the time to clearly define what the expectations are is such an easy step. But again, too often leaders wait to say something until a bad situation occurs, and then they beat the offending party up for you know inherently not knowing or not being able to read minds. Right? A key part of this is taking into account the level of ignorance someone has before you correct them. Now, I'm not saying you don't correct them if they don't know, you know, ignorance of the law does not get you out of it, but take into account that they just may not know. You know I do have to apologize because a lot of the examples I use are military because that's what I know the most, so bear with me, but taking, taking this as an example, in the Air Force, we have Air Force standards that apply to all airmen. We also have expectations based on environments and the bases that we're currently at and work in. When I was an instructor, we were in a training environment and we, we were a bit more stringent you know, on our expectations because of the nature of the environment we worked in. And frequently people new to the base would break the standards that they, you know, they were still trying to learn or they just weren't aware of. Now, obviously again, ignorance does not excuse the need for correction and you don't have to beat the people up for messing up or for just not knowing. So before you correct somebody, Take time to make sure that they're aware of the standard and you know, no matter what, do it respectfully. Just because somebody messes up does not give you or anyone else the permission to be rude. Setting clear expectations, however, does let people know upfront what you expect. It's literally in the word. If you fail to let people know what you want, then you are setting them up for failure and you know that's on you. Number three, don't solve, empathize. And this one is again pretty straightforward. 
as a leader, you know, we may feel the urge to jump in and try and solve everything. And to an extent, that is true. I mean, aren't leaders supposed to lead and fix things? And the, the impulsive answer is yes. But I think there's a better mindset, and that is to make sure that we get things solved. You see the difference? Yes, there are times when a leader needs to step in and solve the issue, but I also believe that leaders are supposed to develop those they lead to learn to solve issues as well, and you can't do that if you are the one always solving everything. I personally learned this the hard way only a couple of years ago. Uh, I was in a leadership position, and you know my, my, my supervisor at the time used to call me a pit bull because I like to address issues, as we put it nicely, and you know once I have a bone to pick, I don't let it go. Well, you know, this was fine and dandy and my flight, you know, they grew to not only appreciate this about me, they came to rely on me for it. And I won't lie, it did kind of make me feel good. You know, it gave me a sense of pride that my people could look to me for support and protection and, and whatnot. Unfortunately, I had to move offices. And once I did, I learned a very important lesson. See, once I wasn't there, my old flight suffered because I failed to teach them to do what I did or how I did it. Eventually they figured it out, but I learned that just because I can solve the issue doesn't mean I need to automatically solve it. What I needed to learn, and all leaders can benefit from this, is that you have to figure out and distinguish between moments when you have to be the one to solve something and other times when you need to facilitate the solution by helping your team find the answer. Or as the article says, this makes your employees capable of taking responsibility and finding solutions to their problems. So moving right along, number four, uh, this is to provide necessary resources. Taking from the article, support is the key. Whether it is materials, time, training, support, coaching, whatever, just make sure your people have what they need to be successful or as a leader, step in and make a judgment call about what can realistically be accomplished with what you, you, know, with what you do have. Making your team try to do the standards when you know they aren't being provided what they need to meet the standard is a clear sign that the standard isn't that important, which hurts confidence and skills in ownership. You know, hands down, one of the most hurtful mottos that I hear is do more with less. And that's an oxymoron. And people do not feel inspired by that sentiment. What people hear instead is, I don't know how you're supposed to do it, but do it anyway. I don't care. Right. So make sure that people have the appropriate resources. And like I said at the very beginning, sometimes that's just an explanation of why the standard is what it is when you're holding them accountable. This next one is unbelievably important. Address poor performance ASAP. This is a must. I am constantly amazed how often issues are known about in a work center, but nothing is done because higher levels or you know controlling authority, they want to see how big of a deal it is really. And that reactive approach is devastating to a work center because the sub message is, we know there's a problem, but it isn't our problem. And until it is our problem, we're fine with you suffering. Now, on the other side of this is understanding why there's a problem to begin with. Again, are there clear expectations? Has training occurred? Is there something wrong in the process that is slowing down the team from getting something done? Are there personality conflicts? Is there a communication breakdown? Or, and this is a big one, is there a systemic issue in the workplace that has taken over due to years of mismanagement and poor leadership? When someone makes a mistake, you have to address it as soon as possible. That doesn't mean fly off the handlebars, but it does mean you address the situation. I had a member uh, who had a bad habit of coming in late prior to my arriving in the work center. The first day she was late when I was there, I pulled her aside and I asked her why she was late. She didn't 
overly respond or get defensive. She just kind of brushed it off and said that, you know, that was the time she always showed up. I simply acknowledged the previous expectation, but I informed her that my expectation was this. She said, okay. And just to be safe, I briefed everyone else on the team of the new standard. Everybody acknowledged it. And a week later, no more tardies were occurring. Two of the other supervisors pulled me aside and asked what I had done because they had told everyone the same thing I did. And this one person never came in on time. My simple response was I just asked if either of the two had ever talked to the person about why they were always late. And neither of them had. Now, is this on the troop or is this on the supervisor? In all honesty, it's on both. But it is on the supervisors to set the tone and to enforce it. They never said anything to this person beyond the initial, so this person just went about their life. It literally took one three-minute conversation and poof, the problem was solved. The hilarity is, once she started showing up on time, the rest of the team morale started to improve. Here's the thing. When you're leading a team and don't hold someone accountable, the entire team sees that. And it causes resentment towards the leaders and amongst the team, and it hurts the entire cohesiveness of the team. The supervisors weren't bad, they just didn't take their authority the whole way through. And I know some people who in this case would just go nuts over this infraction, and I don't agree with that approach either. You have to understand why someone is doing what they are doing before you correct, but no matter what the reason is, you have to address it professionally, but also in a timely manner. Number six. This next one is a topic that I've previously talked about, so you know I don't want to beat a dead horse. Uh, I did a session on it previously, so you can look into it. But make sure that you're setting smart goals. You know, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, or relative, and timely. Goals are important to getting everyone on your team going in the same direction with the same objective. I've said it before, but as a leader, if you don't know where you are going, then why should anyone follow you? Here's the crazy part. Your subordinates don't even have to believe in your goals. But having them at least know what they are helps them understand what their expectations of performance are, why they are what they are, and it, you know, it does help in towing that line. Number seven, this next one I think is really job specific, but provide da data, data, whatever word, however you want to spell it. You know, just make sure you don't put the A before the A. I'm not talking about personal feedback, that, that comes up next. Um, provide actual data on how the work center is performing. Like what are you producing? What are you getting done? What the overall goal of the company or the work center is? Stuff like that. This ties into goals so that everything lines up and hopefully you can explain how your subordinates performance is impacting in a positive or negative way the entire team's performance. Again, this helps with ownership as well. And this ties right into number eight, which is providing consistent ongoing feedback. It is unbelievable to me how often I talk with folks and they don't know why they're being told they're underperforming. And when I ask them if their supervisors give them feedback, they say no. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, they, they don't get any feedback until the end of a rating period. You know, uh, that's, that's not okay, that's not cool. Yes, people should be able to ask for feedback and I encourage people to do so, but it is on the supervisor to proactively provide that feedback. What I've seen typically happen with most people is they get like an initial feedback, which vaguely outlines expectations. They get a midterm feedback, which is supposed to let them know how they've been performing thus far. And a final feedback at the end of a rating period when they find out how they you know, rank up or how, how they did at the end of the rating period. What absolutely disgusts me is how many people don't even get that. 
Like that's three times a year. And I know people that don't even get that. If people, some people I know are lucky, they get one at the beginning and you'll get one at the end, but no midterm. And certainly they're not getting day to day, week to week, month to month. And I'm sorry, or you know what? No, I'm not sorry. That's just lazy leadership. I'm sorry, no excuses. Like seriously, how the hell can you expect people to grow, correct, develop if you as a supervisor aren't supervising them? Like seriously, oh my gosh, this irritates me to no end. Like I don't wanna be a judgy person, but geez, I knew an airman a few years back who was outstanding. This kid was a beast, like professional, smart, dedicated, and everybody, including her supervisor, would tell her that in passing. Unfortunately, the supervisor never, and I come to find out, mean, never gave her actual feedback. He just told her how amazing she was. And that was essentially it. Well, at the end of her uh, annual appraisal, her rating period, all of a sudden she got marked down. She comes into my office crying because like this was gonna hurt her promotion eligibility and she was just devastated and she had no clue what was happening. Well, I calmed myself down first <laughs> and I went and talked to her, with her supervisor. Turns out he couldn't be bothered to give her feedback even though he knew and acknowledged to me, he knew that she needed to improve in certain areas. Like, can you believe that? Well, as it turns out, this young airman ended up separating after her first enlistment. Not totally because of this event, but when I talked to her about why she was getting out, this had a massive part to play. If you don't provide feedback to your people, you are holding them back. It is your responsibility to provide that to them because they are under your charge. Whew. Okay, deep breath. Whew. Coming in at number nine, embrace mistakes. This is where the process of accountability gets a little bit tricky. Here's the thing. You have to be approachable, and some leaders mistake this as meaning you have to be liked. It isn't your job to be liked, but your people need to be able to approach you. The next time somebody makes a mistake, take a second and find out why they made the mistake before you correct them. Like seriously, it takes a whole minute to talk with somebody and find out what happened rather than just assuming they're a dirtbag. Like there is a world of difference between someone who doesn't care and someone who doesn't know and they make a mistake. Sometimes people don't know or they forget or they have so much going on that it's hard for them to perform at their best. So please, I'm begging you, show a little maturity and a little compassion and find out what's going on before you correct them. Get the whole story. Along with that, allow your people to make mistakes and to you know make those decisions and learn from the experience. I'm a big fan of letting my people make a call. Like I, I'll stay involved to make sure that no one gets hurt or I'll help provide context to help them make a decision. But I like to let people try and to find out what works and what doesn't, that way they can learn. And then I always ask him, you know, one way or the other, did this work, did this not work? Okay, why do you think that is? What, can, what do you wanna do in the future? It's not that I'm incompetent, I know what my answer is, but I need them to learn what the answer is. But people learn best through experience. I don't hang them out to dry, I'm a part of the process, but I also wanna give them enough room for them to you know, spread their wings. So I'm a big believer in finding out why a mistake happened and then working together to prevent it from happening again. We're almost there, folks, stick with me. Number 10, do not lower work standards. The standards are what the standards are. And if the standards need to change, then take the steps to change them. But set a high standard. And by that token, make sure that your standard is realistic. 
Along with that, if you set a high standard and someone comes in short, praise them for the attempt. Now, I'm not saying give them a participation trophy, but simply acknowledge the effort that they gave and provide them feedback to help them grow further to ultimately meet the high standard. You need to know your people. You need to know what their capabilities are, what their strengths are, their ambitions, and use all of that to help them achieve the greatness that's within them. And if you can't see how amazing the people you lead are, I'm sorry to say you might have some growing to do you know, yourself because as a leader, you're supposed to have vision. And to me, take it with a grain of salt, but to me, having a vision is seeing what people can become and helping them achieve that greatness. Not what your definition of them is, but understanding them and helping them achieve what's inside of them. Number 11, last and certainly not least, and I'm taking this straight from the post. If an employee doesn't improve, make the hard call. Everything before now has led to this crucial part. Give your people the chance to improve, to correct, you know, educate them, teach them, support them, provide feedback, give them every opportunity to step up. But if they can't, or to me, more importantly, won't, you need to make the hard call. It isn't personal and you have to weigh the cost of keeping someone on the team that can't or refuses to make the grade. You got to just weigh, like how much is it worth? Now, I've talked about this young man that I know who struggled in tech school when I was an instructor and I stood up for him and now years later, years later, he is one of the most amazing young men I've ever had the pleasure of knowing and supervising. But years ago, everyone around me told me that I needed to drop him and move on. I refused. And that is because I saw in him something that others around me didn't. This kid has passion. Like even years later, he is just as passionate now as he was back then. When he fails and comes up short, it is not because of lack of effort. He puts his all into everything he does. And I took a leap of faith with that, you know, and I believe that with enough time and support, he would shine. And here we are years later, he surpassed every single one of my expectations. Now, on the flip side, I had this one troop also years ago who absolutely refused to alter her behavior. Like no matter what I did or said, it never helped. I spent six months doing everything in my power to get her moving in the right direction. And still there was no positive change. Her attitude, behaviors, performance, everything. It just became too much of an impediment in the work center and I had to advocate for a separation. I remember the night before I met with the commander to discuss the entire situation. I remember standing in my backyard for over an hour contemplating if I was making the right call. Like, had I tried everything, did I fail her? You know, I had to make a judgment call because her she had a willful resistance to the standards and it was destroying the team and I couldn't let it go on. Come to find out, and I found this out after the fact, while I had been trying to help her, she'd been going to her peers in the work center and they again told me after the fact, she'd been going around saying that she was gonna take me down with her. And she had been documenting every single thing I did, said, what time I was showing up to work, leaving, everything, so that she could ruin my career or solely me holding her accountable. And one of my people, like, like I'm, not, I'm not throwing that out there, one of my people told me she flat out admitted she was trying to ruin my career. Now, in all fairness, you know, she didn't have anything against me and she did end up getting separated. She did have a two inch folder filled with paperwork from before my ever taking over. So, you know, this was a systemic issue. And some of you may think that I'm crazy for trying for that long. 
you know, if there's that much paperwork. But I really do mean it when I say that I wanted to give her a chance. Within a month of her being gone from the work center, the entire dynamics of the team changed. And I mean no insult to any team that I've ever been a part of, but this particular team became one of the best that I've ever had the pleasure of being a part of. And all it took was removing that negative element. But before I removed it, I had to give her the benefit of the doubt. I, I wanted to know, I had to know, I had to give her a chance. What if she was acting the way she was acting because the previous leadership did X, Y, Z? You know, I, I wanted to see if maybe I could help get going in the right direction. In the, in the end though, as uncomfortable as it is to hold some people accountable, you have to because what you permit, you promote and others will see how you handle tough situations. I've never believed that you know leadership should be comfortable. I don't know if that's the right word. I think it's supposed to be tough because you're trying to make your environment better for those you serve as a leader. You want the environment to better those that you lead because your team is always gonna be able to accomplish more than you can. And when you've got toxic elements or bad issues or you know, you've know got things that you need to hold accountable and you're not doing it, other people see that you're not doing it and it really does hurt the team. Uh, it's never fun to hold somebody accountable. I mean, it can be a bit of fun in some cases, but it should never be personal. If you're a leader you know, of any rank or authority and you're having a hard time holding people accountable, I just ask you to consider something. Do you need to start with yourself? Always start with yourself, and that doesn't mean to be perfect, but just try and be the best that you can be. Then make sure you're setting solid expectations and clearly communicating those expectations to those around you. Lastly, make sure that you're providing feedback constantly to those relying on you to lead them. Also, don't be afraid to take feedback. You know, some of the biggest leadership lessons that I've learned didn't come from my supervisors. It came from those that I was leading because the true value of a leader is indeed determined by those that you lead. But sometimes that means not being a fun person and holding people accountable. They may not like you for it, but they will learn to respect you for it as long as you're fair, respectful, and consistent. If you don't hold those around you accountable, you are setting a bad precedent that will have far-reaching impacts that you, know, you may not even realize. There's also something to be said about how to accept it when someone is holding you accountable, but I'm gonna save that for another session. In the meantime, thanks for listening. I hope it was educational, a little enjoyable, a little inspiring. Don't be afraid to hold yourself accountable, but also don't be afraid to help uh, to hold other people accountable, and I will check you out next time.